At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of primetime action live from the South Point. Glad you could hang with us tonight. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin on the, uh, the day after a couple of really fascinating championship games in the National Football League. Uh, the second time the Bengals held the Chiefs at three points after halftime uh, over the course of a month. Burrow now with a chance to win a title. With Ed Orgeron and Zach Taylor in three years, both the college and pro levels. He's the seventh quarterback to start the Super Bowl in his first or second season. First overall number one to do so. Uh, Cincinnati's 21-3 comeback, the largest in conference championship history. They were 4-11-1 last season. That's tied for the fewest wins by any team the year before going to the Super Bowl. Their 203 winning percentage, the two seasons preceding the Super Bowl year, is the worst ever. Their season win total was six and a half, and thanks to Wyatt Tomchek downstairs, their pre-flop numbers, first of all, season win total six and a half, 65 to one to win the AFC, Matt, 151, 150 to one to win the whole deal. How about that ticket? That'd be nice. That would be a fun one to have. There it is, team with the lowest preseason win totals to make the big game, this per NFL research. The per Bengals. Eric Eager, sorry, and a mistake on this graph. Oh, per Eric Eager. Pardon me. Speaking of Eric Eager, look at the Bengals, six and a half, uh, seven the previous low when the Falcons got there back in uh, January of 2017. From Pro Football Focus, a man who said the most intelligent thing on our air last week uh, about the uh, playoffs, in my opinion, is Eric Eager. Dr. Eric Eager, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Uh, I ate a lot of barbecue, which is a win here in Kansas City, but uh, my beloved Chiefs did not uh, mm. hang on to an 18-point lead. It's the third time in Andy Reid's career uh, with the Chiefs that they've blown an 18-point or more uh, lead in the playoffs. Yeah, and there was another, uh, yeah, third time. That's right. We were running that back to this morning. Uh, and so what does that say to you about him, like his legacy? Obviously, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach, right? He took the Eagles to multiple conference championships, but they only got to one Super Bowl. They lost. And here we are with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, we say this about windows, right? We talked about it with Josh Allen last week. Hey, you never know if you're going to get back. You want to seize the moment. Well, the Chiefs, four, four straight hosting of the of the AFC championship, one Super Bowl title. I mean, are they in danger of that closing sooner than we think? Yeah, I think absolutely. And I think it it plays into the narratives for this game we're going to see in a couple weeks between the Bengals and the Rams. The Rams, probably the most all-in team we've seen uh, in in modern football history. And so, you know, how much of a must-win game does this need to be? You know, Cincinnati, you know, Burrow, much like Dan Marino, goes to the Super Bowl in year two. 
right? And we say, oh, he'll be back. Look at all these characteristics of a quarterback like that. And, you know, so I think I think back to myself, back in 2019 when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, if you remember, the one Super Bowl the Chiefs won, they had to erase a 10-point deficit in the last five minutes of the game. And I think to myself, oh, we're, we, we're lucky to get that one Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? And, and so as we sort of talk about what this game means to the teams next week, it's important to realize that you can be like the Rams and be all in. And I, I think most of us believe it might, it might crumble later there. Or you can be like the Bengals and be a team on the rise. And you better win it when you're there because it's you're one of 32, uh, you know, and, and it's an even bigger grind now that the season 17 regular season weeks long. And most teams have to play at least three postseason games just to get there now. Eric, we were talking about this before uh, in the in the segment before here, but I mean, I know you were probably uh, holding back even some tweets and stuff throughout the course of the game, but just some of these coaching decisions from all four guys, right? I mean, like all four guys this weekend made coaching decisions and or lack thereof that we're sitting here going, how is this even possible? You you guys make seven figures. I just don't even understand how this is how this is going on right here. What Which one stands out to you as like the most egregious of the whole weekend? I mean, is it the Shanahan punt? Is it the whatever? I mean, like just the guy's a notorious nit. I understand that. He's, he's at least consistent in the the fact that he doesn't ever really roll the dice, but that one right there just really, really stands out to me as either just not trusting his, his offense whatsoever, or is he just, you know, still living kind of in the stone age with some of this stuff. It has to be the Shanahan fourth down. I mean, when you have a quarterback like Jimmy G, you know, even in that game, they were lucky to get the touchdowns. They did get right. The Samuel long play. And you already kind of you ran into some good variance with the kicker for the Rams, kicking a short field goal and um, getting a, uh, basically like an interception in the red zone. Like you were already lucky to be in that game. And that was the time to press that luck. Uh, that was a bad one. I think McVay giving up all of his challenges and all of his timeouts with like plenty of room to spare in that game was also really bad. Uh, Zach Taylor, you know, he was who he was on Sunday. And that is who he is. They ran the ball to Joe Mixon on early downs, basically the entire game. And the Chiefs defense, to their credit, stopped it. And to the Chiefs' detriment, I mean, you talk about they only scored three points in the second half. The Chiefs didn't cross the 50 until the last drive of the of the second half, in the second half. Um, and, and, you know, I think there it wasn't so much like systematic or, or, or you know, it wasn't like any one failure by Andy Reid, but it was a systematic one. So in my opinion, I think, you know, on the list of, of sort of bad coaching Sunday, you have to go San Francisco, uh, and then Kansas City's probably globally, obviously. And then I, I think Bengals and Rams sort of were bad, um, you know, in, try, in sort of trying to lose the game, but no no different than they normally are. Let's go ahead to uh, the Rams and the Bengals for Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Rams. Now uh, they opened at four, went down to three and a half, back to four. We're seeing some four and a halves. We're a little surprised that this is happening this soon. And the stat that everybody was throwing out yesterday, well, at least that uh, next-gen stat, stat that they threw out, the Rams, first in pass rush win rate, 50 sacks, third in the NFL this year. The Bengals, 30th in pass block win rate, having given up 55 sacks allowed. And that's obviously going to be the big matchup thing that everybody's talking about, the Bengals' O-line against the Rams' defensive front. But I ask you, um, I mean, can't Joe Burrow, at, at this point, don't you think Joe Burrow's figured everything out? Like, even that, he's sort of like, no, I got to work around for that. Yeah, I think that Joe Burrow, like, heroism in the playoffs is maybe a little bit overrated. I mean, they only scored 23 points uh, against the uh, Raiders. Last week was 19 against the middle of the pack Tennessee defense. 
and Kansas City, they only scored one touchdown on a full field. You know, they had the one touchdown post turnover. But for the most part, Kansas City did a fine job defensively yesterday. Um, Burrow, if he Burrow has yet to play his best game in the playoffs, in my opinion. So if you get that, then I think that this, you know, Bengals plus four is live. I do I see both sides of it. I see, you know, this isn't a hidden thing. Last year we went into the Super Bowl. And people are like, oh, Patrick Mahomes will be fine against, you know, this Bucks defensive line. I know he has guys out, but they had 60% of the line out the whole year. And what's another guy? And then it looked like Andy Reid had just all snuck up on him in that Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to sneak up on Burrow and the Bengals here. It just depends upon, like, how stark is the matchup difference? I mean, you know, you have Miller, uh, Floyd, and then obviously Aaron Donald, the best player in the league, uh, you know, against the Bengals front that struggled yesterday yesterday against the Chiefs. So it, it's it's going to be a tricky matchup. The one bet I like and I have already is I took under 50. I took under 49 and a half. I took under 49. That thing, you know, where it opened just seemed a little too high. I think at 48 and a half is maybe the first place where I'm pausing and, you know, basically saying the numbers right there. But but when it opened at 50, it didn't make a lot of sense because I think both of these teams, you look, both of those teams' offenses tried to play an under game yesterday. So, Eric, let me let me throw this to you and, and see what you think of this theory. But with the way that this mismatch coming into this game, like you said, one, two weeks to prepare for all of this, they're not going to be stupid. I mean, they can't they cannot look at this and think like, oh, okay, yeah, no, we're we're going to magically figure this out how to tame Aaron Donald and Von Miller and all these people. Like, I mean, it's not it's not going to happen. Could it weirdly kind of work? in their favor, right? I mean, listen, they were the most pass-happy team in the NFL over the last six to eight weeks of the season. Of course, they go back to, like we mentioned, the Zach Taylor decision to go back into the Stone Age this past week and run them first down every single time. It was like, oh, let me unlock Joe Burrow's powers by making it second and nine every single time. Like, he's got to throw – he needs the third and, and third and eight in order to be able to do it. But, uh, you know, I think you, you look at this, and couldn't this weirdly work in their favor where it's like, okay, look, we're not going to be able to run – we just need to throw the ball. We need to throw the ball quickly. Let's let's really, really work on between now and, and two weeks from now, let's get a bunch of high percentage throws, a bunch of quick throws, get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands and you know, 2.1, 2.2 seconds. And at least that's our best best path to victory in this game right here. Like couldn't the mismatch almost work in their favor? Well, because it's so stark, I think it does make sense. Uh, there was a stat that I saw today. Jamar Chase says, like, over 100 catches this year and only 15 did he go down on the first tackle attempts. Um, you know, they have, you know, uh, Boyd yesterday was six for 103, almost all against LeJarrius Sneed. It, it's going to be interesting to see who goes up against Jalen Ramsey because, you know, the way that the Bengals did their draft, they have two receivers who will be fine if Ramsey shuts down their best guy, right? And the Chiefs yesterday only gave up 54 yards to Jamar Chase, but, you know, it was Boyd. It was Higgins making big plays. It looks like C.J. Uzama might even play in the Super Bowl after being carted off uh, on yesterday's game. So I agree with you. I think this has to be it. Get the ball out of Burrow's hands quick. Get players in space. Make blocks. And, you know, if they try to run a traditional offense against this Rams defense. I think they're going to fail epically. The problem is the Rams are so good defensively. We talked about this on the show the other day. Why they can disguise coverages and everything is because they have so many good defensive backs and their front four wins. They almost never have to bring blitzes and their front four wins against the run as well. Eric, that was the most intelligent thing said on this network last week. That whole breakdown of the Rams defense and how it just doesn't work out against the Niners. They do get the win. They don't get the cover. As I've always said, Give a team seven chances to beat another. It's not that easy. Seven times. Always the charm. 
Eric, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy. We'll talk again before the game. Gil, thanks for having me on, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Eric Giger from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Eric. The other thing about these two games yesterday also that will wash, you know, go by the wayside, dropped picks. Oh, gosh. Yes. So in the Bengals game. Uh, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was 21-21. You know, a couple of three and outs by the Chiefs. The Bengals have the ball, you know, 11.52 left. Burrow throws a terrible pass on what should have been a throwaway. And Nick Bolton, the uh, Chiefs linebacker, just drops it. Bengals go down and take the 24-21 lead. Then, of course, uh, second play of overtime, Mahomes throws it way behind Hardman. Eli Apple drops it. That doesn't come back to haunt him because the next play, he does throw a pick, and the Bengals score uh, on that drive to win it. And then, of course, the one in the Niners game where – Stafford, desperation throw downfield, and just Quisky Tart just drops it. Probably the play of the game. Oh, man. What drama. Coming back. Beeson's primetime. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, Gil, Matt, and Kelly. You wanted to rank the worst of those uh, drop picks? What was the worst one to you? Jalen Ramsey was. The worst. I think the worst one was Ramsey. Worse than Apples? Yes. (sighs) I've got Apples. Because of magnitude, Apples was the worst. Because it was like that was going to that sealed the deal. Like that was that was game over, game set match right then and there. It didn't end up mattering, right? Because he threw it on the next one. I thought long and hard about this. I, I, I've got that ranked third, but you guys were right. The magnitude, it was. It what's could your, have ended. It. What's your number one, Ramsey? What's Ram, your number Ramsey's two? Ramsey's number one over Tart. Tart is second because I mean he had all the time. It was might as well have been a punt return, right? And right. he still dropped it. Well, the t- but the difference between Tart and Ramsey is Tart has four career interceptions, mm-hmm. where Ramsey has fifteen or sixteen. I forget what I looked up mm-hmm. yesterday. This is a guy who played like he ran offensive plays in college and high school. This guy's got hands. We know it. So that was one that it didn't really end up mattering. Well, Ramsey but, and Apple didn't end up mattering. Tart ended up yes. maybe being the entire football game in the end. Because that was right after the use check thing. 
right, where, you know, McVeigh lost his last challenge. But then the Niners botched the whole thing because they end up punting it, right, try to draw them off sides. They end up punting it. Uh, fourth and two at the Rams, 45, up at that point, uh, 17 to 14. And then the first play after that, what a sequence that was, right? The, the botch challenge, then the Niners botching it by punting, and then the first play, Stafford, what was he doing throwing that ball? He was just like, I'm throwing it, and I don't care who's down there. And Jaquiski Tart could have, like, fair caught it, and instead he drops it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm waiting on it. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, like, uh, maybe someone ought to try that one time, and then someone's just instinct is to not hit him or something, whatever. Like, they should just be like, all right, I'm going to fair catch this. And then, like, they're just like, oh, okay, he's going to fair catch this ball. Maybe I can't. I'm not going to hit him. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to let him do it. But, you know, I, I bring that point up to, uh, to Dr. Mr. Eric Eager because I honestly think, though, if you look at this, and they will, they're going to study this. You know, the Bengals are going to study this tape to, to no end, and they're going to look. And, like, Debo Samuel, for the first time, gets bottled up. Seven for 26 for him. He only gets, you know, 3.7 yards a carry. Then you look, Eli Mitchell goes 11 for 20 yards, 1.8 yards per carry against this Rams defensive front trying to run the ball here. And, you know, you'd like to think, and again, we get burned a lot. The assumption of rational coaching has a guy has bitten me more times probably than it has helped me. But you go back and you look at this and you say, okay, you know, and we tried to force it this past time. By the way, they ran 60% of the time on first down this past week Look. With, with, with Joe Mixon, right? After, again, after really finding their groove, becoming the most pass-happy team in the NFL, and then they decide to run 60% of the time on first down with, with, with Joe Mixon this past week. I hope he looks at this and he goes, wow, man, like 49ers who are better at running the ball than us couldn't find any holes and couldn't figure out how to make this work. Maybe we should probably not do that and just come out and, and honestly, really and truly, just say, look, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down giving them our, our best. And our best is Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and maybe Uzama, we'll see, and, and, and Mixon coming out of the backfield. Like, that's our best. Our best is not running the ball on first down for a yard and a half. Let's rank, let's rank those. The, what I said before about the teams that have the most regret. Buffalo has to be number one, right? Oh, yeah. But the Packers are a close second. Like, the Packers have to be there. I cannot believe we lost at home. Right. Not giving blocked up an offensive goal, touchdown. Blocked field goal, blocked punt. Like, we didn't even really, like, lose it, lose it. It was yeah. just kind of like the special teams loses the game for us. Yeah, the whole nine yards. And there. I think Tennessee's third. Like, I would just I, – there's so much regret going around in this postseason. So much. Yeah, Matt's right. It was wide open. I, I don't – I still think that the – you know what, th- this is still uh, – it's still a tournament, right? This is not necessarily it's what we're in with the playoffs. It might it's not always going to show that the best team throughout the season wins out, right? right? Right, but it's the it's the first time ever that a one or two seed has not appeared in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I mean, it is reflected by yeah. you know, despite the fact that there's a tournament, they went to six teams in each conference starting in 1990. There's always been at least a one or two seed from one conference in the Super Bowl. This is a four versus a four. Like, it's just unprecedented. And that's what we end up with now. In, and, and we bet on this stuff. It's, it's just insanity, man. It's just insanity. What do you make of the – I mean, we got, we got to give credit back to that game for a second. Lou Anarumo, Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator. No one ever talks about him. That's the best adjustment of the year from the first half to the second half. That's a, I mean, they're getting killed. I mean, how many of us were like, oh, this game's over. It's a route. 
And then the next thing you know, the Kansas City can't do anything. Good on him, man. Uh, it was, yeah, it was that was impressive or in and bizarre. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that Kansas City, I mean, they could not do anything. It's amazing, man. I mean, that, that game was it was still so weird to me because it was kind of boring. Right? Like it was the first half, you kind of got distracted a little. The first half, yeah. you're like, okay, the Chiefs are running away with this. Then even the second half, it was like the Chiefs can't do anything. This is three and out punt, three and out punt. Like this is boring on one side of the football. Well, when it got to 21 21, I had to like stop for a second and be like, wait a minute. Yeah, how did we get here yourself. again? Yeah. <laughs> okay, they got it. It was 21 to three. They got the touchdown 21 10. Then they jacked up the end of the first half. All right, field goal. Oh, and then the pick. Yeah, that. Yeah, and then two-point like, conversion. Yes. I kind of had to do the same thing where it's like the fourth quarter, I had to like snap myself back into the game. Like this is like this is going to be an exciting finish now after I just watched three quarters of relatively boring football. Man, what? I mean, after Wild Card Week, because Wild Card Weekend, remember, Kelly, we came in here on that Monday. We're like, wow, that wasn't that great. Four games were done by halftime. You know, a fifth was marred by officiating yeah. the, the, the Bengals and the Raiders. Boy, that sucked. And then the last two weekends, my goodness, tremendous. And everyone making fun. I was as you as you comb through the box scores. If you don't go past the offensive stats, sometimes a lot of people don't. If you get to the uh, if you get to the defensive stats, and you go down and you look, and we were all joking, we were laughing, everything was hilarious. Oh, they're going to go sign this Eric Weddle guy off the street, and he's going to come in because yes. they don't have safety or whatever. He led the Rams in tackles. He led the Rams in tackles. When they, this when week. they said that, I forget which play it was where he blew up like a screen pass or something. I couldn't remember. It was a great play, but then they were like, that's his ninth tackle of the game. He's yeah. leading, the, leading the way for the Rams. I was like, are you yeah. serious? That was the second and one before the that's third and one that yeah. McVay challenged before the fourth and one, fourth and two where they punted. Weddle just stormed in the, you know, just flew into the backfield, made a hit. Weddle, who's always been like, I mean, even when he was at the height of his career, you'd be like, well, this guy's just smart. He knows what he's doing. He ain't the biggest guy. He ain't the fastest guy. He's just got great ball skills, it's, knows what he's doing. But it's just funny. Like, I mean, the guy had not played in a couple of years. And, like, he's sitting on his couch eating flaming Hot Cheetos. And they call him up. And they're like, hey, you want to come You want to come play football it's for amazing. this team that's going to the Super Bowl? And he's, sure. like, he's like, yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. You I know, only have to play good. three weeks? Yeah, I'm in. He's like, just give me a second. It's going to take half an hour for me to get all this Cheeto dust off my hands and then I'll come I'll be at practice don't did worry about you, it did you all see the uh, CBS halftime show in the first game oh man that was a disaster well, I don't I know I had to turn it off and then I, I was late coming back to the third quarter I don't know who Walker Hayes is I don't know what fancy like is but that was hilarious <laughs> it, it was uh he got he got he blew up because the because Applebee's took his song and oh. put it on their commercial or whatever because he says the word Applebee's in the song oh, or something yeah, so they yeah. used the song in the on their commercial I'm or something like that. They, they the, for those who missed it, the sound was so massive that the CBS halftime crew had to scream. Did, over but did you it. see like they had trucked out like the speakers were sitting yes, on yes, like, uh, like like a gator, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was right behind right the desk. Like it was like it was hilarious. First time I've ever rewinded a halftime show. It, so funny, it like, just because. It was so funny. It's like the Chiefs <laughs> f- uh, facilities guys were trying to ruin the halftime show for some like some purposeful reason. I have no idea why. Boomer, what do you think? Oh, they were bitter <laughs> He's about like, it. I don't have any idea what you just said. <laughs> like they were all just like, I, I don't have any idea what you they just said. They came back post game, and I think they mentioned post game four times. Like, well, now you can finally hear us. It was like, oh, good, good thing we're not salty about this or anything. CBS. I was just wanting one of them to like give this big long take, and because they couldn't hear each other, then the person just give the exact same take. <laughs> like, like, and, like he just says the exact same thing like he just said something smart not knowing that this guy like right down the desk just said the exact same thing i suppose we should squeeze in some scores yeah yeah we'll do some updates here nba right now grizzlies sixers all tied up at 63 i was eyeing the 
Grizzlies, who were down 10 right before the half to jump in live, but blew that opportunity. Uh, 63 all Grizzlies, two and a half point live favorites, 234 and a half the live total. Clippers up on the Pacers, 66 to 62. Nine minutes left in the third quarter. Clippers, three and a half point live favorites, 230 and a half your live total. The Pelicans up on the Cavaliers, 46 42. 920 left in the third. Pelicans, one and a half live and 183 and a half. The total Heat and Celtics, man, this is a barn burner. All tied up, tied up at 32 with six minutes remaining in the first half. Celtics five and a half point live favorites. Your live total is set at 194 and a half. The Knicks lead the Kings 49 to 32. Four minutes left in the first half. The Knicks are 15 and a half point live favorites. 203 and a half. Your live total. The Hawks lead the Raptors 49 46. Two and a half minutes left in the first half. Hawks minus 120 on the money line. Raptors minus 110, 211 and a half your live total. Blazers up on the Thunder early, 22 to 14, three minutes left in the first quarter. Trailblazers five and a half live, 213 and a half your live total. Rockets up on the Warriors, 15 to 14, five minutes left in the first quarter. Warriors still seven and a half point live favorites, 225 and a half the live total. We'll get to NHL and college basketball on the other side. How much money would you have laid on the Ashanti Brandy 90s R&B throwback back-to-back national anthems yesterday? What was that all about? Brandy was awesome. Ashanti's, her her sound went out, too. I didn't catch that. Every time she hit a low note, (laughs) the sound just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Coming back, Beeson's Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on Beeson, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. That's our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get beating the book with me, Gil Alexander. Oh, Vegas Lifestyle Podcast this year, our 11th annual. I believe it's 11th. Fort Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, the Wide World of Wine Garden, and more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, you guys going to uh, Jason Weingarten just texted me today and said, you know, I think we should have a, I shouldn't even say this out loud on there. I think we should have a handicapping contest at Bet Bash coming up in, in late March. He said tribesmen versus everybody else. I'm sorry, I'm just making myself <laughs> laugh. Uh, Kelly, let's update the hockey, the hockey scores, please. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, Panthers and Blue Jackets play one heck of a game. This is 5-4 to four with 534 left in the second period. Panthers on top. It's a map around hockey game. Wow. Well, how much time left? 534 left in the second period. It five is 5-4 to to Panthers. Wow. Oh, that's hockey. Live total is 12 and a half. Does the goalie play with – are the goalies playing with gloves? Regular sticks. They're not, they're they not, have regular they, sticks, but they – are they have, do they have gloves on? Yeah, they have gloves. They just got regular sticks instead of the big sticks. Just they, that, maybe they made them use like an infielder's glove instead of like the big catcher's mitt. Like mm, it's just like a little bit smaller of a mm, glove. I like that. I like there that, it is. yeah. Money line, Panthers minus 750. Blue Jackets plus 425. Only down one goal having scored four already on the Panthers. That's interesting. Red Wings up one to nothing on the Ducks. 18 minutes left in the second period. Red Wings minus 280 live. Ducks two to one on money line and live total set at five. Oilers and Senators tied at one apiece in the first intermission. Live lines down on that game right now. Canucks up one to nothing over the Blackhawks in the first intermission. Canucks minus 230. Chicago plus 175 and a half. Your live total juiced to the under. 
Another high-scoring game. Devils up 3-2 to two on the Maple Leafs at the first intermission, intermission. So five scored in the first period of that game. The Maple Leafs still a live betting favorite, minus 170. Devils plus 130, 9.5 your live total. And we've got one college basketball game going on right now, top 20, 25 teams. Duke blowing out Notre Dame, 48-32. to 32. Kill him. Seven and a half minutes left in the game. Duke 19.5 point live favorite, 110 and a half. The live total, and I also saw a tweet of Jerome Bettis being at this game. Apparently, he is a Notre Dame student these days. Jerome Bettis is a student at uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, just saw a tweet about that. I have no idea what. Uh, Good for him. Yeah, what's that? What that's about? But yeah, apparently he's uh, he's a student finishing his degree at Notre Dame. I would. Yeah, there you go. And and, and Andre Drummond, as you as we were talking about <laughs> earlier, just it was all over this one. He yeah. is. Uh, he he might triple double in this. Game. <laughs> He's got 10, 14, and six right now with a steal and a block. So I'm glad well. I jumped in that first segment. I was like, I would not bet that over on the rebounds, bro. <laughs> Steven Adams be in his way. He's he's gonna, he's on his way to a triple double right here. I'm assuming he hit the over already. It probably was 12 and a half or 13 and a half or something. I mean, Andre Drummond comes in. He's that's basically all he does is haul in rebounds. But still, it, well, he's having to pick up the slack here. Uh, for Seth Curry, who we said was back in the starting lineup tonight for for the uh, Sixers, who is oh, he's played 21 minutes and is 0 for 7 from the field. Yikes! For zero points Yeesh. and two turnovers. Yeesh. Desmond Bain having a big game for the Grizzlies. He's got 20 points for them. John Morant with That's 20. That's a great one right here. We love doing this. Seth Curry, 21 minutes, is 0 for 7 and has two turnovers. Plus one, plus minus. <laughs> plus one. Three personal fouls. Plus, you plus one. You can't beat that kind of production, man. <laughs> get him out there. You're gonna plus you're one. gonna come out on top. <laughs> plus minus is ridiculous uh, sometimes. All right. Uh speaking of basketball, why don't we look at some odds here? Let's go division by division first. Uh or do you want to do conference? Let's do divisions. Atlantic division first. Uh these are available at DraftKings. Um, I like the fact they have these uh division odds up. Sixers. Uh, no surprise there with the one-game lead over Brooklyn, plus 110 that they're that still a dog to the Nets. Nets at minus 130. Obviously, the Nets uh, struggling to have all three on the court at the same time. You know how that goes. Uh, Raptors, Celtics, Knicks on down the line with the Knicks being one of these things that are not like the others. Any bet here? Would you take the Nets at minus 130 or still too risky? Well, I think if anything, I'd actually I might take the plus one ten because it seems like the Sixers might be the only team that actually does something here at the trade yes. deadline. Yep, it's like you. it's this is the most quiet trade that like like mm-hmm. I was waiting all weekend to hear some sort of something, even just like an outlandish rumor, just so I could get excited about something that's never going to happen in a million years. And we didn't even get any of those. Like no yeah. out, like no crazy rumors, no nothing. It seems like the Sixers might do something small at least. To help that lineup a little bit, and again, like here's the other thing with with all this is with the Nets is I mean we don't know for sure we don't know for sure when Durant is going to come back, and also we don't know how healthy he's going to be and how he's going to look and and all that when he does. And you don't know for sure if anything else is going to develop with Kyrie and his vaccination mm-hmm. status, or if we're going to get just away Kyrie for the rest of the year. So I I think that minus one thirty if yeah minus one thirty on the Nets I think is unbettable right now. I, I think I've said this for the past couple months now. 76ers were a team I was I was low on coming into the year. I, I have been extremely impressed with them throughout this season with some of these younger players Same. stepping up. I mean, Tyrese Maxey tonight, even a perfect example. We're in the third quarter of this game right now. He's got 20 points, five assists, three, re, three rebounds. We talked about Drummond already, who's coming off the bench for this team. Joel Embiid playing the best season of his career. Uh, this is a team, if they are able to move Ben Simmons 
for anything that can help them, any kind of semi-star player. I'm not. It doesn't even have to be big. This will be a team I will be running to bet almost immediately, Matt. I think it would be the division price. I will be run, running to bet an NBA Finals price on them, Eastern Conference, everything. I think if they can get a decent player, they they shoot right to the right to the top of the Eastern Conference with a couple other teams. So I, I, this is a team. No, I'm not making that bet now, Gil. I'm plus one ten, but I'm running to bet that as soon, if, soon as they make a move with Ben Simmons. You don't want to get ahead of that before it happens. I it just the problem is, is like kind of like Matt hinted at is it's what's going on here. You know what I mean? It's the longer it takes. I think the value's dropping a little bit, and the Sixers are being a little a little stubborn with what they want in return. And I understand you want a good piece in return, but. You gotta move him. I and yes, I got do, to. I do believe they'll move him. You cannot possibly waste this kind of year from Joel. Enough Lee. of this already with Ben Simmons. Exactly. Can't waste it. Don't waste it Can't. at all. Make the move. Central division, three-headed monster atop the central division with the uh Pacers and Pistons tailing at the bottom. Uh Bulls, Cavs, and Bucks very tightly uh, contested, each uh, within a half a one and a half games of each other. Bucks have the hardest remaining schedule, though. In the National Basketball Association, they are the favorite to win the division. But look at that. Strength of schedule first. Opponents combined win percentage, 543. Cavaliers by far the easiest schedule of those three. Would you make a bet on the Cavaliers based on that? Plus 330. I kind of like the two-to-one on the Bulls. If I had to make one of the three. Yeah, I, I mean, I made this bet last week. I oh, bet you did. the I bet the Bucks in this division last week. Looked at all this. I, I just still think this is uh, the the best team right now in this division. I think their best team probably in the Eastern Conference as of right now. Um, so I think minus twenty one twenty five is still good. I don't know if the Bulls are the problem with the Bulls right now is they were. They were thin depth-wise coming into the year. That starting lineup and kind of, you know, Caruso off the bench was very, very solid. But they're losing guys kind of left and right. And they've had guys in and out of the lineup. I, I just don't know. I, I have a feeling they're going to kind of stumble down the stretch here a bit. They're, they haven't been playing all that hot I recently. I feel like they're a contender not to make a splash in the trade deadline, but kind of like do what you're talking about. Like maybe add, add a couple pieces a to that seventh bench. and eighth guy. Yep. You know, like – to give them, because I think they're looking at this going, okay, we're a year ahead of schedule, but hey, we're a year ahead of schedule. Let's like not wait. Sure. Again, yeah. like you're saying, like, let's not waste this. And yeah, they're not going to go make a splash for for any like guy that's going to to change the way that you view this Bulls team overall. But I think that like getting like a seventh and eighth guy, though, that where you go, all right, now some depth on this team that, you know, that, that wasn't there before might make them a little bit more intriguing. I mean, I get you what you're saying. I mean, two to one still isn't a a great number when when they do have to still play the Bucks so much and everything. Else. Those two divisions yeah. much more interesting than the Southeast rounding out the yeah. Eastern Conference. Yeah, this one's kind of over. Heat minus sixteen hundred uh, with a four and a half game lead over the Hornets. Everybody else below five hundred. Uh, always the stepchild division of the NBA. Not really a bet there. Don't give the Hornets a shot. They need an extra zero on the Magic. Yeah, that needs to be ten thousand to one. <laughs> what about the Eastern Conference as a whole? Let's look at the Eastern Conference uh, odds, courtesy of DraftKings as a whole, uh, for this. Um, do we have those? No? Yes. Yeah, we do. We do. Right. Eastern Conference. Um, obviously, the Nets are going to be at the top here still because the public still loves them. Uh, plus 130 to win the East, plus 250 to win it all. Bucks right behind them, plus 320 and 7-1, respectively. Then Heat and Sixers and Bulls in that order. What do you like? Wow, that Kelly, you love the Heat. 
Come I, on. I do. I didn't. I, I missed the ship on this, though. Yeah, I know you were talking. I think we said it during a break. JVT hasn't power ranked as what is second Number best two. Team? Number two team in the NBA behind the In the, the NBA Suns. right now. Yeah. I mean, they would be. Pro- right now, they're probably the best team in the Eastern Conference to me. I, I think it's it's them Bucks right at the top, and then it's uh, if Philly does anything, I'd run to bet that. So I, as far as betting on the board right now, I think it's hard to take a bet on anything here, but I would I will be running to bet Sixers if when they make a move. All right. We'll review our one and done in our golf draft from this past week. I feel like we haven't given Matt enough juice on his performance at the uh, Farmer's Insurance at Torrey Pines over the weekend. And by the way, how great is Wednesday to Saturday golf when football's on Sunday? Do it every Every weekend. Do it every weekend. Coming back, Beeson's Primetime Action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on prime time action, Gil, Matt, and Kelly. One more thing about that uh, that game, the uh, Cincinnati-Kansas City game, just in the interest of thoroughness. So we're in overtime. Mahomes throws it right to Eli Apple. He drops it. Then Mahomes, on the next play, throws the pick, right? And the Bengals get the ball, end up on the Kansas City 45. All they needed was, you know, one first down, really, to get into McPherson's range. And they did that and so much more. But if you remember after the uh, after the pick by Vaughn Bell when Jesse Bates deflected it, six plays later, second and three at the Kansas City 25, 11-26 left in overtime, Joe Mixon goes for 13 yards, and he appears to let go of the football untouched. And there was a clear Kansas City recovery. And that was like, were you at all confused? So Gene Steratore is like, well, Andy Reid, I, I think he was challenging the illegal formation. Well, one, you can't challenge can't the illegal formation. No one's ever done that. And two, coaches aren't allowed to challenge, period, in overtimes. So I think that's what it really was. He was like, hey, I don't, I don't think he got touched and he let go of the ball. But the, re- but the official said he gave himself, gave himself up. up. Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten some weird interpretations Whoa. of that over the last, like, Month of this, a lot of most of the time it's with the quarterback where we're kind of like, 
no, if you're diving for whatever, you're certainly not giving yourself up, you know, and all that. There's been a weird, that's a weird, that's what I think they're going to, they're going to have to look at some of these things in the, in the off season and try to figure out like, okay, these completely, I mean, like these refs, it's a hard enough job as it is. And then to go, He's giving himself up. He's giving himself or he's up. Or he's not. Like, like, what, what, what are we doing here? I mean, that said, it would have sucked for a yes. championship to have ended on something that, you know, nonsensical. Yes. But there was a moment there where I was like, oh, my God, did that just happen? And, the, and Nance and Romo said nothing. Said nothing. They said nothing. You texted us about that, and it was one of those where I like got up and walked to the kitchen. Walked to the kitchen, so I didn't even see the play. But because they said nothing, I didn't even know what had happened. Well, I, here's the thing: I don't know if replay would have held it up either, because you could, you really couldn't tell. All I heard them talking. All they talked about was the illegal formation and they, how that was a so challenge. And then Romo had that weird thing at the end of regulation where he was like, oh, the Bengals should let them score. I was like, no, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> and the Chiefs go up twenty-eight to twenty-four. Like, that. That was the weirdest part about the let them score. It was like, if if they had all three timeouts, then you can at least okay, we can make the we can at least make the the I still don't agree with it, but we can at least make the case, right? right? It's like okay, right? They got all three timeouts. You let them score, and then you have like you know two minutes with three different times, so you're not limited in what you can do with your offense. Like you've got all three timeouts, you can do whatever. But they had no timeouts, so it's like, why would you let them score? You have no timeouts left. It was, like yeah. it was not his finest. Moment. It was that was why yeah. you know, like you say sometimes we 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 do get. We do get tweets on here. This is from uh, Robert. And he says, does Matt know how to say anything succinctly <laughs> or is it just ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble mixing in a couple of breaths? And I'll have you know, I don't breathe. I breathe through my eyelids. And so <laughs> I don't even do that. Talented so, guy. Yes. So just let you know. No, I don't even mix in the breaths. I just ramble. That's all it is. There it is. <laughs> Good on you for repeating that. Here is our one and done from this past week. It was all, all Mateo, John Rahm who had a shot on the 18th Boy. to tie this up after he birdied 17. After he made that, did you not think for yes. sure he was winning that yes, tournament? Yes, I did. And like, then he, he was going to go birdie. He was going to go eagle yeah. 18 or something. Right, because 18 was so birdieable, yeah. let alone poss- possibly an eagle, and he just completely botched that hole. What percent chance did you, when Luke List went into the clubhouse, what percent chance do you did you think that ticket was ever going to cash? You know what was Did fun- you even consider it at the time? Nance kept pushing that point forward. He was like, "You know, it's been like an hour and a half." Oh, it was a that was as long of a playoff like wait time as I've <laughs> ever seen. And Faldo, I thought Faldo was like great because he because Nance was trying to get him to get him to say how incredulous, you know, incredible it was that yeah. it held up. And Faldo was like, "Oh, no, I thought it would be, you know, that's terrible, Nick Faldo, but you know what I mean." <laughs> but he I, I agree, Kelly, what you're saying. Like I no I thought slim to none. I mean, you had Rom still out there. Jason Day was tied with him. I mean, Day and Zalatoris were tied with him by the time he went into the clubhouse at 15 under. No one ever got to 16 under. It it was like there was no chance. I I never thought Luke Lewis was going to be there in a playoff. And then everyone just faltered down the stretch was the thing, too. And I mean, like, everyone. Because remember, for a hot minute, Justin Rose could have possibly have done something. There was nobody. And then all these guys, like, just whatever it was, Rose put it in the water. Like, like nobody could, could just take advantage of the situation that was that was presented to them and then next thing you know Luke List had like 3 hours to think about to think about it i thought for sure he was going to tee it up and then hit it like just straight sideways when you have 3 hours to think about 
am I really going to get a chance to play in this? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I thought the same thing. Here's the thing. I I thought that might happen, Matt. I knew Zalatoris was going to do what he did. (laughs) That was the most – like, before that, I mean, I I hedged heavily, and I hedged heavily right after he missed that putt to win it on 18 because it was – no, I don't want to see – like, I think a lot of people would have said, was Zalatoris' approach game? Wait till after his second shot. No, I was not waiting for that that drive to get off because that was – I knew that was going on. Did you think it was odd that – they let List play the ball out of the trap with Zalatoris's ball literally like a half a foot beyond him so that the sand on his shot could have moved it. Matt, I have no idea what to do with that. Like that is that is one of those like you never expect to see in a golf tournament. That's like you and me playing on a golf yeah. course. I'm just hitting this, Kelly. Right, right. We don't care. Yeah, but right. Yeah. I don't, but that's was... like for all the marbles of this tournament. And I, I have no problem with Zalatoris. You know, he was very... Very cool about it. He was very cool about it, but wanted a rules official over. Hey, yep. th- my lie is different than it was before. I want to be afforded the opportunity to have the same lie that I had. So it took a lot of time. I think they got it right. It, it's it's kind of amazing that that ball didn't move at all with Luke List. It was swinging, amazing. You know, like it didn't move. Some sand moved, but the ball didn't move. You ever had a tournament like that where you had an 83 to 1 and a, uh, what was the other, what was Zalatoris? 44. <laughs> Yeah, I even no, need that, to ask that, the question? that was like I said. That was the greatest golf playoff ever. Like I mean, to you've, not you've have had to sweat two in a playoff before, have you? Not but, at forty-four but not at and those eighty-three. Numbers. Not those numbers. Yeah, okay. not at forty-four and eighty-three, where you're coasting home to a big one, no matter what. Like you know, that was you know, who didn't make a move. JT Justin Thomas didn't make a move at all. No, and I felt super guilty when Jason Day put in that eagle. I had Jason Day from the night before at plus four fifty. I was like, yes, and then I thought, I'm like. I'm cheering on my plus 450, and you guys have like 40 to ones going. Gil, it's okay. This is where, this is where the, the our text message thread part of it should be like open for public consumption, oh, other yeah. not. But it, there's the, the when the texts go around, oh, yeah. they're, they're always nice cheering for each other. Yeah. But there are definitely moments where it's like non texting, where it's like, man, I hope this guy wins. I and hope those, Jason Day sticks it to them host, both. Yeah. <laughs> sticks it to them both. Anyway, here's the one and done uh, uh, update. Matt comes up big with John Rahm. Kelly and I didn't even make the cut with Tony Finau. So Matt is on the board, seriously, this time. So I still have the, the big lead with the Russell Henley performance a couple weeks back. Kelly is in the back of What, this. is 35 grand not good through three tournaments? Not really. Come on. Not so good. And then the draft. How do we do on the draft here? I have no idea. Matt gets on the board uh, with a win. There you go. We all have one win now. I got crushed. Look, Matt, Matt hit three of five. Very nice. Burnsy yeah. didn't do it for you though. No, he yeah, didn't. Burns he, was that, that his second round very disappointing. That was very disappointing. Yeah, because he had goes a good five under. Round. Yeah, he goes five under to to start things out, and then he had a really bad. And same there, Wise, same deal. Both of those guys, both those guys had really really good opening rounds, and then couldn't get anything done um, in the second round with with the way that the you know s- setup was. I mean, you know, they played the easy they played the easy course first, and not and then the hard course second. It seemed like you wanted to play the hard course first and the easy course. Second with everything, but yeah, it was a. Uh, Here's Matt's card from the week. It was. I'm uh, just gonna say it for you, Matt. This is about as impressive a golf betting card as you can get. Sorry, but he's got four outrights, and that's a uh, one, two, T three. <laughs> that's that's, that's pretty good with four outright bets right there. That's that, phenomenal. Uh, I mean, this is. I don't know. Matt and I have maybe whispered this at times, but uh, if, if you're if you're following us golf betting on this show, it's pretty impossible that you're not up money at this point. Yeah. I mean that is True Matt that. killed it on the outrights. My my finishing position bets were pretty awesome this week. Top, Sung JM with that great battle with South Siwoo. Korean Sung J. I was watching that more closely on Saturday than anything else. I feel well, like you know, look, it's the same thing that we've said, you know, 
tons of times, Gil, you you remind the the audience every couple of weeks on this, and I think it's it's important, right? I mean, we're we just don't fake it around here, right? Like we're never you're not going to get in depth hockey analysis from nope. me ever. Like it's just it's never going to happen. You're not going to have me pretend that I know anything about international soccer and give you like stuff on that. It's just it's it's not me. It's not what what I do. But I mean, what we definitely do is with. Gill's tennis stuff and me and Kelly's golf stuff and the, the the NFL stuff, everything like that. Like, I mean, one thing I can guarantee you, I'm putting in the time. I'm putting in the hours. Like, and now you can fade me and you can like whatever, but hopefully somewhere along the way, the information is is either driving you one way or the other. You might say like, oh, he did a whole bunch of information. And I think it's all crap and I hate what he said and I'm going to go the opposite direction. But at least you're at least you're taking something from all that and, and making a decision and going one way one, one way or the other. But we're not we're not we're not faking stuff around here and hopefully that you know comes across. We might not always talk about the sport that you want to be betting and we might not always talk about the stuff that 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 you find you know important but it's it's certainly the stuff that we're putting in the time and the effort on so robert sb01 he rambles and rambles and rambles only about certain sports not all sports <laughs> that's the correct answer there we that. go there we go doesn't ramble about anything sometimes all right uh let's talk more super bowl 56 super bowl 56 what we are uh inclined to bet what we're waiting on betting and then super bowl mvp which i completely botched Took players from both losing teams this past weekend. We'll get into all that. It's Vison's primetime action. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.